0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today.
1: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball.
0: Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Daniel Port, uh, back here for the second day in a row. It's a pleasure to be back. Unlike on Monday, there were a ton of baseball games with a lot of ramifications, a lot of big performances, so I don't want to waste any time here at all. Let's just jump straight into it here, starting with the injuries, news, and notes. For the Baltimore Orioles, Ramon Urias was diagnosed with a right knee discomfort. He tried to play on Tuesday and ended up exiting the game against the Red Sox. Moving on to the Boston Red Sox, Trevor Story had an update on his return the earliest possible return that he might see as he tries to come back from a heel injury is during boston's final series against the rays in addition christian arroyo was not in yesterday's lineup with an illness we will have to monitor his status for today moving on to the chicago cubs nick madrigal will not return the season as he is dealing with a groin injury and it will keep him out through the end of the year Wade Miley played catch on Tuesday. He is currently listed as day-to-day. Moving to the White Sox on the other side of Chicago, Michael Kopak will likely not pitch again this season, according to interim manager Miguel Cairo. And they are also shutting down Tim Anderson for the rest of the season. Looking over at the Cincinnati Reds, Donovan Silvano was not in yesterday's lineup against the Pirates. He is day-to-day with an eye injury still. And for the Cleveland Guardians, Zach Plesak will start Friday's game against the Royals as he is coming back from the 15-day injury list with a broken hand. The Houston Astros have listed Jordan Alvarez's day today. Manager Dusty Baker said x-rays on Alvarez's left ankle came back negative after the slugger exited yesterday's win over the Diamondbacks. And Lance McCullers was scratched from his schedule start Tuesday against the Diamondbacks due to an illness. He is currently listed as day-to-day as well. The Los Angeles Angels notifies that Anthony Rendon batted against minor league pitchers on Tuesday and could do again, do so again today or Thursday as he is trying to get some games in before the end of the season for The Angels. For the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dustin May felt good while playing catch on Tuesday and is completely confident he'll be available for the NLDS as he is suffering from a back injury still and is on the 15-day injured list. Blake Trinan began throwing again Tuesday as he's trying to come back from a shoulder injury Moving to the Miami Marlins, Garrett Cooper was diagnosed with a fractured left pinky after he exited Tuesday's game against the Mets. For the Milwaukee Brewers, Adrian Hauser was also listed as day-to-day. Craig Council said that he'll likely be placed on the 15-day injury list. He suffered a right groin strain during Tuesday's loss to the Cardinals. According to manager Aaron Boone for the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu could be activated on Wednesday as he's recovered from his toe injury. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, Yandy Diaz expects to be in today's lineup against the Guardians as he's been day-to-day with a shoulder injury. For the Texas Rangers, Corey Seegers also listed as day-to-day. He was removed from Tuesday's game against the Mariners after being hit by a pitch in the left forearm. We'll know more about his status today. Dane Dunning was placed on the 15-day injured list Tuesday with a hip injury. And Spencer Howard covered five innings and struck out six while allowing three runs on four hits and no walks in his most recent rehab outing on Friday with Triple-A Round Rock. Finally, to wrap up the news and notes, the Washington Nationals Notify us that Mackenzie Gore is trending towards making one start for the Nationals before the end of the season, and Nelson Cruz is still listed as day-to-day with an eye injury. He was not in the lineup for Tuesday's game against Atlanta. We'll have to monitor his status for today. So, moving on to some of the performances that caught my eye yesterday, we'll start with the Rays going up against the Guardians. The Rays came out on top 6-5 to five in extra innings. Some notable raised hitting performances. Wander Franco went one for four with two runs scored, a walk. He had a double and stole his sixth base. Harold Ramirez had the game winning hit and went two for five with three RBIs on the day and a run scored. He also had two doubles. And finally, Jose Siri went one for three with a two run home run, his seventh of the season, and a run scored. For the Guardians, they had some hitters also put in some pretty solid performances, starting with Stephen Kwan, who went three for five with two runs scored, an RBI, and a walk. Jose Ramirez went three for six with two RBIs and a triple. Gabriel Arias, recently called up, went one for three with his first stolen base on the season and the first stolen base of his career. He also had two walks on the day and a strikeout. Moving on to the pitching in this game, for the Rays, Corey Kluber went four innings pitched, giving up three earned runs, a walk, and striking out five, while Shane Bieber went six innings pitched, giving up four earned runs, and striking out six. Moving to the Reds versus the Pirates, the Reds fell to the Pirates here one to four. The Pirates put up some pretty great hitting performances. O'Neal Cruz went two for five with a run scored. He had a double and his ninth stolen base on the season. But the real hero of the game was Miguel Andujar, who went one for four with three RBIs on a double. Moving on to the pitching in this game, for the Reds, Hunter Green went six innings pitched, giving up just one earned run, three walks, four hits, and striking out ten hitters on the day. For the Pirates, Mitch Keller went five innings pitched, giving up just one earned run, walking three, and striking out five to go along with five hits. Moving to the Royals and the Tigers best of the Royals here four to three for the Royals Hunter Dozier went one for four with his 12th home run on the season with two RBIs as well and for the Tigers Harold Castro was the big hitter for them going three for five with three RBIs on the day looking at the pitching in that game I, I thought Zach Rinke would have a pretty good game here and he sure did going seven innings pitched with no earned runs one walk just two strikeouts but he also only gave up four hits here on the day. For the Tigers, Joey Wentz went five innings pitch, giving up just three earned runs. He walked three in the day and struck out four, giving up one home run and five hits. Moving on to the Braves and the Nationals, the Braves won this game 8-2. to two. Ronald Acuna had himself a day going two for five with two home runs, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Michael Harris the second had a triple on the day, going two for five with two RBIs and two runs scored of his own. And Orlando Arcia hit his ninth home run on the season, going one for four on the day. Moving on to the national side I think Luke Voigt went two for four with two doubles and an RBI. And Victor Robles hit his sixth home run on the season, going one for three. Pitching in this one for the Braves, Kyle Muller went 4.2 innings pitched, giving up two earned runs, giving up six hits, one walk, and four strikeouts to go with a home run given up. And on the national side of things, Paolo Espino Went five innings pitched, giving up four earned runs to go with five hits, five strikeouts, and two home runs given up. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays five to two. Unfortunately, no home runs from Aaron Judge, as he actually registered just one at bat as he was walked four times in this game. And if you watched, none of them came really any close to giving him a pitch that he could hit in this one, but he did score two runs on the day. Anthony Rizzo went two for four with an RBI. Glaber Torres went three for five with three RBIs. Kyle Higashioga had a double and went 3-for-4 in the day with two runs scored. And finally, Aaron Hicks went 1-for-4 with a double as well and an RBI and a run scored. For the Blue Jays, George Springer went 2-for-4 with his 24th home run of the season. He had two runs scored and an RBI and a walk in this one. On the pitching side of things, Jameson Tyone was great in this one. He went 7.1 innings pitched, giving up two earned runs while scattering seven hits, walking no one, and striking out six. On the Blue Jays side of things, the struggles continued for Jose Abreu as he went 5.1 innings pitched, giving up five earned runs over nine hits with two walks and seven strikeouts. Going to Baltimore versus the Red Sox. Baltimore lost this one 9 13. Cedric Mullins went 1 for 5 with his 32nd stolen base. He also had a run and an RBI in this one. Adley Rushman hit his 13th home run, going 1 for 5 with a run and an RBI. And Anthony Santander went off. He went 3 for 5 with three runs scored, three RBIs, and two home runs. That gives him 33 on the season. He also had a double in this one, giving him 24 doubles on the season as well. And Ramon Urias went 3 for 3. With a triple and a home run of, of his own, that is his 16th on the season, with a run and an RBI as well. On the Red Sox side of things, Tommy Pham went one for three with three RBIs and two runs scored. Rafael Devers went two for four with two RBIs, and Tristan Casas went three for four with his fifth home run on the season three runs scored and two RBIs for the Orioles pitching wise. I know I had thought Kyle Bradish would be pretty good here in this one, but he was not. He went just 2.1 innings pitched, giving up seven earned runs. He walked four hitters and only had three strikeouts here uh, while scattering four hits and giving up a home run in this game. On the other side of things were much better for Michael Walker pitching for the Red Sox as he went 3.1 innings pitched, giving up six earned runs over eight hits with no walks and just three strikeouts while giving up three home runs. Moving to the Marlins and the Mets, the Marlins actually beat the Mets six to four in a game the Mets needed to win, with the Braves hot on their heels for the division lead. For the Marlins, Brian Anderson went three for five with two runs scored and a double. Brian De La Cruz went two for four with a run scored, and an RBI and a double of well, actually two doubles of his own. And JJ Bladet hit his fifth home run going two for four with a run and two RBIs on the day. Jacob Stallings went one for three with two RBIs of his own. And moving over to the Mets, really the only hitter that stood out for them was Pete Alonso going one for four with a three-run home run. That's his 40th home run of the season. Pitching for the Marlins, Pablo Lopez put in a quality start, going six innings pitched, giving up three earned runs, no walks, just five hits, and striking out five. For the Mets, Carlos Carrasco had a disastrous outing, going just three innings pitched, giving up six hits with four earned runs, a walk, and just two strikeouts. Moving to the White Sox versus the Twins, the Twins shut out the White Sox, beating them four to nothing. For the Twins, Jose Miranda went three for four with a run and an RBI and a double. That's his 24th double on the season. And Matt Wallner hit his second home run of his young career, going one for four with two RBIs and a run scored. On the White Sox side of things for their pitching, Lance Lynn went five innings pitched, giving up 10 hits, four earned runs, one walk, just three strikeouts, and a home run given up. On the twin side of things, though, Bailey Ober was fantastic, going 7.1 innings pitched, giving up no runs of any sort, two hits, one walk, and striking out 10 White Sox. Just a fantastic outing there for Ober. Moving on to the Phillies and the Cubs, the Cubs won this game two to one. Bryce Harper went two for four with a double in this one and the lone RBI for the Phillies. While the Cubs, Christopher Morel went one for three with his 15th home run on the season, a run and an RBI. Pitching for the Phillies, Zach Wheeler uh, bounced back pretty nicely here as he's still working his way back from injury. He went six innings pitched through just 62 pitches to get there, which is very impressive, giving up just one earned run, a walk. Striking out five and giving up the one home run to Morrell. On the Cubs side things pitching, Marcus Stroman was fantastic, facing a pretty uh, tough lineup, throwing seven innings pitched, giving up just four hits, one earned run, one walk, and striking out six hitters. The Cardinals beat the Brewers 6-2 to two with Brendan Donovan for the Cardinals going one for two with a double uh, and a run scored and a walk. Paul Goldschmidt went two for four with two RBIs and a double of his own. And Dylan Carlson went two for four with two doubles and two runs scored. Andrew Neiser went 1-for-4 with his third home run on the season and two RBIs of his own. On the Brewers' side of things, Rowdy Tellez went 1-for-4 with his 34th home run on the season. And Garrett Mitchell had a double, going 2-for-3 with an RBI of his own. Pitching-wise in this game, for the Cardinals, Miles Mikolas was great, going six innings pitched, giving up just one earned run, walking one, giving up just four hits, and striking out nine hitters. For the Brewers, Adrian Hauser had a rough outing, going 3.1 innings pitched, giving up three earned runs, walking four hitters in just 3.1 innings pitched, and striking out three hitters. That is not a recipe for success at all. Moving to the Diamondbacks and the Astros, the Astros trounced the Diamondbacks here 10-2. For the Diamondbacks, the only hitters that really stood out were Dalton Varsho going 1-4 for four with his 27th home run in the season, and Geraldo Perdomo went 1-2 for two with his 5th home run on the season, a run, an RBI, and a walk as well. On the Astros' side of things, everyone seemed to have a pretty good day starting especially with Jose Altuve, who went three for four with two home runs, a double. He had two RBIs on the day. He had a walk and four runs scored. Just a fantastic day for Jose Altuve. Jose Pena went two for five with two runs scored and two RBIs and a home run of his own. That's his 20th home run on the season for the rookie. And Alex Bregman hit his 22nd home run on the season going two for five. Finally, David Hensley stepped in for the injured Jordan Alvarez. And went 2-for-3 with his first home run on the season, 2 runs, and 3 RBIs. Finally, Kyle Tucker also went 2-for-2 with 2 walks and his 24th stolen base on the season. Pitching this one for the Dimebacks was Zach Davies. He went 4.1 innings pitched, giving up 4 earned runs, walking just 2, and striking out 3 in this game. On the other side of that, for the Astros, Luis Garcia went 6 innings pitched, giving up just 1 earned run, but 4 runs overall. And striking out six on the day. Moving on to the A's and the Angels. The Angels won this one four to three. For the Athletics, Nick Allen went two for four with a double and two RBIs. And on the Angels side of things, Luis Rengifo went one for five with an RBI. Shohei Otani went two for four with a double. Pitching for the Athletics, this one was James Kaprelian going six innings pitched, giving up 10 hits, three earned runs, and five strikeouts. The On the Angels side of things, Patrick Sandoval went 5.1 innings pitched, giving up three earned runs of his own while walking two and striking out four. Wrapping up the action from yesterday, we'll jump over to the Padres and the Dodgers. The Padres won this one four to three in the tenth inning here. For the Dodgers, Trey Turner really stood out, going three for five with a double and two runs scored. And on the Padres side of things, Will Myers had it, uh, went one for two with two RBIs of his own. For the Dodgers, Tyler Anderson was quite good, going six innings pitched, giving up just two earned runs, walking nobody, and striking out three. And then on the Padres side of things, Blake Snell went five innings pitched, giving up no earned runs, walking three hitters, and striking out six. So that's all the action from yesterday's games, but we're going to jump into all the action today, as there's a ton. But before we do, let's take a quick break here.
1: Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. So now let's
0: check in actually real quick with our good friend Mark Paquette for the weather.
1: Thank you very much. Well, we have an afternoon game in Pittsburgh. Could be a scattered shower there, but not too concerned. The rest of the schedule, we look like we're pretty good to go here as well. I'm not expecting any postponements or delays. And for the second to last Wednesday of the baseball season, that's good news. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Mark. All right, so let's talk today's games. There is a lot of games with a lot on the line. There are a lot of playoff races that are coming down to the wire here, and every game counts. So I want to take a look at some of the games that really stand out to me. The Guardians and the Rays are going head-to-head again today. We've got Tyler Glasnow going against Tristan McKenzie. Uh, This is a big game for the Rays, as they are sitting nicely in that second spot in the AL wildcard. But they're only about... a game and a half up of Seattle there. So that could be a really big game. Uh, the Braves are playing the Nationals again today, and the Mets are playing the Marlins. But it's now important because the Braves and the Mets are now tied for the division lead slash that first wild card. Now, they have a 13-game lead in the wild card there, so there's no real risk of losing that first wild card spot. But the buy there in the first round could be huge for whoever wins the division. It's worth noting that once they ramp up these series, they'll actually start a three-game series against each other on Friday. So how they do in these two games could give one team a leg up over the other going into that series and really help take the pressure off of one team or the other, especially when you consider the Mets have the tiebreaker in the season-long series. The Phillies are playing the Cubs, and the Phillies are just one and a half games up for that third wild card spot in the NL over the Brewers. They have Aaron Nola going up against Hayden Wisniewski. The Brewers right now are facing a St. Louis team that might start resting players because they have the division locked up there in the NL Central. They really have nothing to gain by winning or losing these games. And the Brewers actually have Brandon Woodruff on the mound in this game. It's not really a must-win, per se. And the Phillies have a decent schedule coming up with a four-game series against the Nationals after these two games with the Cubs. But then they do finish the season with a three-game series against Houston. So it'd be good for them to have a lead before then, as those should be pretty tough games. The Yankees are playing the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays have just a one and a half game lead over the Rays for the first wild card. And they only have a three game lead over Seattle, who actually has a uh, cakewalk schedule rest of season. And they only have a three and a half game lead over Baltimore, who currently are sitting just outside of the wild card race. They really need to win every game they can. If you look at the Mariners, they're going against the Rangers today. They have George Kirby on the mound. This should be uh, a game they really need to win if they don't want to have to sweat it down the line here. The Orioles are playing the Red Sox. As I mentioned, they're just a half game behind Seattle for the third wild card spot. They're only two games back from Tampa for the second wild card spot, and three and a half games back from Toronto for that first wildcard spot. So a lot on the line for Baltimore here today. They've got their best pitcher, Dean Kramer, going up. They will be facing Rich Hill for the Red Sox. They really need to win this game if they're going to have a chance, especially when you consider that after this series against the Red Sox, they have the Yankees on Friday for three games, and they will finish the season with three games against the Blue Jays. And finally, the Padres are facing the Dodgers again. They'll have today and tomorrow against the Dodgers. They're only two and a half games up on Philly for that second wild card, and the Brewers are hot on Philadelphia's tail. So they really need to keep winning games. They're facing Julio Uri- Urias today, so it'd be huge to get a win today if they can, going up against the, one of the Dodgers' aces. that's a big game to pay attention to. Once they get past the Dodgers, though, they do get the White Sox, who have nothing really to play for, and the Giants who also are out of it. Wrapping up things here with the pitchers that I'm looking to stream here. I There aren't really a lot of great options. I like Matt Manning against the Royals. Uh, he's got a 3.55 ERA over his last seven games. It's a pretty darn good matchup there against the Royals. Uh, so if you're real desperate, I could see going there. Dylan Windler going with the White Sox uh, for the Twins. The White Sox are devastated by injuries right now. They're going to play this game out to Tim Anderson, without Luis Robert, uh, and basically have... Really struggled to score runs recently. They only have scored 10 runs over their last seven days. That's dead last in Major League Baseball. And are 23rd in the league over the last 14 in runs scored. This could be a good stream opportunity. We get haters to stream here. We've got the Pirates going against Luis Cessa of the Reds. They lit him up back on September 13th, so they might have a leg up in that matchup. Rodolfo Castro doubled in that game. You can look at Jake Swinski. Really, any Pirates hitter that you see available could be worth a look, as they've actually been hitting the ball pretty well right now. Any of the Nationals against Jake Odorizzi, it's not a great matchup, as the Nationals have not been hitting the ball particularly well lately. But if you look at Elaine Thomas or Joey Menesis, the Nationals have hit the fastball around league average, which for them is pretty good. That's really all Odorizzi has at this point. So they could do well in that matchup, and Odorizzi hasn't exactly pitched lights out since coming to the Braves anyways. Finally, looking at any Angels you can get your hands on, like Luis Rangifo or Taylor Ward, going up against Adrian Martinez of the A's, as he has struggled all season long as a 6'10 ERA on the year. So they could probably hit him around pretty well there. And finally, any Giants hitters you can get your hands on against Jose Urania of the Rockies, as you have the Rockies on the road, and Urania has been pretty terrible all year long. So that's our podcast. That's everything I got for you today. Thanks so much, everybody. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy all the baseball. We're going to see how some playoff races shake out today. I'm telling you right now. So enjoy that and have a great rest of your day. Thank you.